Okay, everybody, welcome in to the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Hope you enjoyed that intro right there. That just got me fired up to relive the Chiefs' victory on Sunday, October 17th against the Washington football team. A final score of 31 to 13. And this game simply comes down to no other uh, definition than a tale of two halves. Um, completely polar opposite. The first half, I thought about scraping my eyeballs out of my skull. In the second half, I thought about going streaking with happiness. So if you can take those two extremes and put them onto a football field, that's what we got yesterday. The Chiefs in the first half, quite honestly, thank God for our defense. I alluded to this in my uh, quick immediate reaction, but if our defense didn't come ready to at least at least disrupt the football team, that game could have gotten ugly quick. Defense kept us in the game. Offense, the, it didn't make any sense because of the very first drive that went down, no issues. To score an immediate touchdown at 7-0, Daryl Williams. It was like, okay, here we go. This is the Chiefs offense we know. And then nothing. So this is a great time for me to bring on my uh, good pal Johnny back for another edition of Victory Monday. Again, Chiefs win 31-13. Johnny, uh, just take us through your emotions yesterday and kind of how uh, you saw the first half. so right it was like a halftime for me <laughs> after that first half was like legit rock bottom and the last few weeks have been frustrating but to see Patrick Mahomes turn the ball over in the way he did uh was demoralizing and you know I'm, I'm, I'm never gonna question like his his greatness he just like we've been honest he hasn't playing his be- been playing his best football but like to see that from him, coupled with, you know, a fumble from Nicole Hardman, an uh, interception earlier in the game right through Tyreek's freaking hands. Like, I don't understand why that keeps happening. Couple that with Tyreek being in the locker room with a quad injury. T- Travis Kelsey holding his wrist because his wrist is hurting. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, it was really tough. And it got better. After my halftime walk, I had to, like, go on a walk with, with Emily outside. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I was like, I need to be with nature right now. <laughs> and come back and tackle the second half. And, man, you are so right. Like, the second half was, you know, we haven't seen that second half, I don't think, like, really all year. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's been a while at least. And to see the plays Mahomes was making, you know, that on-the-run shovel pass was awesome. And just getting back to normal Chiefs football was great. Yeah, you're right. Like, you wanted to go streaking. Like, I was just, like, so happy after the game. And I know it's against a bad team. But any given Sunday, things can happen in this league. And you got to take the good when it's there. And the Chiefs were really good in the second half. Yeah, and and it is a really bad Washington team. But I was doing some reading today. Like, one stat that stuck out in my mind, that was the least amount of points the Washington football team has scored all year. So it wasn't like they weren't able to score. And with all of our defensive questions and, and atrocities that have been taking place on the defensive side of the football this year, 
it was good to see uh, the defense respond in the second half. Not a single point given up in the second half. I mean, if you would tell me that our defense could do that this year, I would laugh in your face. So huge confidence and momentum uh, builder here uh, going into it. Uh, a, a big AFC game with the Titans. We'll get to that in a bit, but um, yeah, huge. One of my observations I took away from this game, Johnny, it's on the offensive side of the football. Um, the first half, they just seemed real sluggish. Like they didn't seem like they had a lot of urgency. And I think a little bit has to do with some of the play calling. I didn't necessarily love it all last yesterday in the first half. It just seemed like everything was just a little too complicated. It was like, let's simplify it a little bit. And we come out in the second half and we use tempo to our advantage. We're already difficult to, to cover if, if we come out of the huddle every time. Why don't we try to speed it up a little bit? It's even more difficult for other teams. And it was just kind of something that stuck out to me. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Um, you know, the Chiefs' first drive, Chandler, they go 95 yards and they score. Now, on that first drive, they tried their damnedest to turn the ball over. Tyreek slipped and he throws the ball right into uh, Kendall Fuller's arms, former Chief. Yeah. But, yeah, they did score. You know, I things – they, they definitely in the first half, like it was just a combination of what we had seen the entire year, right? Like one mistake multiplies into other mistakes and just like this negativity starts manifesting through the entire team. And so, yeah, the play calling could have gotten into that, but man, the play calling as it went on throughout the game was amazing. Patrick, you know, this whole year, I feel like Mahomes has been like in this area of limbo where one, he's like, trying to teach himself better pocket presence, which we've brought up is, is kind of an issue. And then he's trying to also get out of the pocket and make those plays that he loves to do. I thought the second half, he did a – it was just back to normal. He did a perfect job of sometimes staying into the pocket. A prime example was that touchdown pass to Demarcus Robinson. Mm-hmm. And then other times running around and making the Mahomes kind of backyard football plays. One thing you have to really couple it with um, is is Mahomes' ability to to run the ball. He is just you know he had like thirty I think thirty one yards rushing, but his ability ability to extend drives is really what takes him over the edge as far as being like an un- indefensible, unguardable quarterback. Where he gets in trouble, Chandler is like you know when he tries to do things outside of the pocket when he could just run it for the first down, which has happened sometimes. So he did a really good job of that. And um, one other thing that I had too was that the, the, the running game, you know, Daryl Williams didn't have like the flashiest like of, of runs, but he had 60, 62 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, and just like did his job. And I thought that was a good piece to have in the offense too. There just there were there weren't that many negative rushes like you have a lot of time when Clyde's out there. No, and again, like you were saying about our offense, again, no one is stopping us. It's completely on us, and that's what happened in the first half. Yeah, that's what happened in the first half. You can't get into a rhythm if you're shooting yourself in the foot. All of those drives that we turned the ball over on. I'm pretty sure we're in our own territory or excuse me, excuse me. And in, in their territory, like as we're going in, like we're getting ready to score on through all. Yes. All three of them were horrible. At least we were going to get nine more points. I said it yesterday. 
if we just get field goals on those drives, we score 40 points in a football game in the NFL. That's insanely difficult. I think the Bills are the only team to do that this year. So it's like this, this offense is ridiculous, and the only thing holding it back is self-inflicted wounds. And so when you really sit down and think about it, we're really negative on it when we lose, and we're really positive on it when we win. And we need to take both of those and combine them because both sides are correct. Like you see how important turnovers are three in the first half, none in the second half. We dominate the second half. It's not a difficult game to learn Johnny and people just need to calm down. I think sometimes when it comes to turnovers, because they're a problem, but they're so fixable. And these guys are so good at football. It's like, if we were in, we, we beat Baltimore beat the Chargers. Uh, I would imagine Buffalo would have been a lot closer if we don't turn the ball over. And we're like, we're a horrible turnover differential away from being undefeated. I'm sorry, we are. We're in every game, whether our defense is bad or not. Like I've said, this whole rant, our offense is unreal. It's unguardable. It always has been. It's going to continue to be. You just knocked that out of the park. That is perfect because it reminds me of, I mean, really, is the defense like that much, you know, philosophically, it's the same from 20, uh, 2019, like this bend yeah. but don't break defense. I mean, the Chiefs for years have been surrendering a lot of yardage, but then they've been really good, you know, trying to get teams to kick field goals or anything like that or, or coming up with turnovers. And this whole entire year is just like, like none of that has gone according to plan which is why it's been frustrating. There is one thing still frustrating on that defense, Chan, and it's this pass rush. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a joke. It's a joke. I mean, even there was one play um, where they did get to Keenum. Frank Clark spins him down. You know, Matt, Tyron Matthew rushes him, misses. <laughs> Frank Clark spins him down. His knee never hits. And then he ends up throwing an incomplete pass. Like, you technically, like, you know, you did get there, but you got to get home. There's something about finishing the play and putting the quarterback on the ground that it means something. Mm -hmm. And um, I do think it'll be nice to get Chris Jones back in there, but I just need more from this pass rush. Um, But one thing that was amazing on defense, and the defense only surrendered 76 yards of total offense in the second half. Mm. Juan Thornhill was the starting free safety. Yeah. Juan Thornhill, I need to look at, you know, some more advanced stuff, but just from the eye test, passed the test. Juan Thornhill was tackling guy, you know, those tackles that Daniel Sorensen has been missing on tight end out routes where they get an extra few yard, yards after contact. Thornhill's coming in with his shoulder and taking out their legs. He's stepping up in the run game. And then – now, he's not great at it, but they're they're able to use Dan Sorensen in the role he's supposed to be, a blitzer. That's that's what Daniel Sorensen's supposed to do. He's not supposed to be in coverage. So Thornhill was a welcome surprise. I loved seeing him out there. I really like him as a player. And it's just nice when there's less snaps for Neiman and Sorensen. And our guy Nick Bolton, who I talked about being slow, I thought he stepped up too and made some nice tackles yesterday. Yeah, and and I think it, this is just going to come back on a really poor coaching error by Spagnola, Spagnolo, and maybe I guess Andy. 
But I think Juan Thornhill is a guy that is not a like a rotation guy. I think he need. I think he's a player that needs seventy percent of the snaps to get in a rhythm. Like Sorensen clearly is good at just coming off the bench and playing. Like he doesn't need necessarily that rhythm. And when he's out there too much, he almost he almost gets worse. Like literally, I didn't yell his name once, and he was out there a lot of the day yesterday. But like you alluded to, Juan Thornhill. What really stood out to me was his ability to come down and take away any sort of Washington screen game into the bound or into the like behind a line of scrimmage, like quick game, quick screens, all that stuff. Thornhill was down there quick, and what normally this year would have been a six or seven yard gain regressed and went to a two, three yard gain, which is a huge difference. And, and I'll allude to this as well. Speaking of picking up too many yards on first down, the running defense on first down is poor. I don't know why Washington didn't try to run the ball more yesterday. And it, it, quite honestly, it actually blows my mind. I thought we did better against the run, but I think we had less opportunities to stop it. So I think it just seemed better. But good God, Antonio Gibson, when he was healthy yesterday, he was getting six, seven, eight yards a clip. I mean, that's just – and teams have been do that to us all year. And I'll sacrifice not having a pass rush if we can have stop the run with four defensive tackles – or, excuse me, four defensive linemen. But we're not doing that. So you got to do something, D-line. I'm again challenging the D-line this week against Tennessee. I mean, if they can't stop the run, we will not win the game. I'm going to say that right now. If Derrick Henry goes off for 110 yards, we will not win. We will not win the game. And it simply comes down to is that Tennessee is going to have the ball the whole time because they're going to be able to give five yards a run. But not looking ahead yet, going back to Washington football team, to summarize, the defense played well. Thornhill is a huge improvement. He's a guy. We need to get him out there quick. We need to get him out there starting. I think he just – it's like a swagger thing. Some guys are like that. And when you come off the bench, it's way different in certain roles. You get like a play every four plays. It's way different. Perfect role for Daniel Sorensen. And lastly, we need more from our defensive line like Johnny alluded to. It's just not good enough. And and Frank Clark, we we honestly – we need to just say this every week. I mean, he is the – I cannot believe he's the third highest paid defender in the league. It is insane how poor he is playing this year. I mean, it's not even – he's not even out there, Johnny. He's not out there. I can't believe, like, his level of production. Like, it's ridiculous. You know, you can do all the excuses in the world that you want. He's getting double teamed. They're running away from him, blah, blah, blah. You know, guys like T.J. Watt, Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, these guys who get paid this level of money – that shit doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. They're still around the football. You watched that yeah. game last night. Oh, my gosh. And that Steelers-Seahawks game, that, that play where T.J. Watt, I don't know if you saw it, but he, he stripped Geno Smith. They had, like, the entire offensive line shift over to T.J. Watt's side, and he still got home. So, like, look, uh, Frank Clark stinks. Like, I'm just out on Frank Clark, okay? He won't be in – he will not be a chief next year. They'll take the cap hit, whatever it is. Like, he'll just be elsewhere, and they'll go spend – I mean, they're getting they're getting significantly more production out of Mike Dan, a fifth-round draft pick out of Central Michigan and transferred to Michigan. Like, they are getting significantly more from Mike Dana, who forced a fumble on Antonio Gibson. Um, 
than they are from Frank Clark. So, like, I'm just out. Whatever Frank Clark gives you, whatever. That's just – I don't expect anything from him at all. Um, and, you know, just – you pretty much said all that I wanted to say. I think the Chiefs are the beneficiaries, though, of some shitty play calling and some outdated philosophy from Ron Rivera. He's a nice man, cancer survivor. Nothing bad to say about the man uh, – nothing bad to say about the man, Ron Rivera. Like, he, the, the players like Ron Rivera. And I'm pretty sure he coached – in the Andy Reid tree as well. Yeah, he did. So they, they, yeah. Quality, quality human being. But, I mean, some of this play calling by by, by the, the Washington football team, it was just awful. You're right. They should have ran the ball more. You know, there's this outdated philosophy of when a guy fumbles, you got to stop giving him the ball. Like, they, I know Antonio Gibson had a shin injury, but they were just feeding uh, J.D. McKissick, at, at, like throwing him the ball a bunch. You know, the game got – the game script got out of their hands a little bit, but I just thought from the start they were putting way too much of the game in Taylor Heineke's hands. This is a guy yeah. who, yeah, he had one good game this year. It was against the fucking Giants. The Giants are going to fire their coach during this season, right? So I don't believe, and their whole team's injured. So I don't, I don't buy into that. Taylor Heineke was a backup for the St. Louis Battlehawks in the XFL. Like, Taylor Heineke did not beat out 38-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick to start to start the season. You know, this guy's been on like 15 different teams. Taylor Heineke is just they, – they, they, they put way too much of the game in his hands where he needs to just manage the game, run the ball more, and just like – just be better Washington football team. I, I would be – I'd be pretty frustrated if I was a Washington football team fan. I, don't, I mean, you don't even have a team name – your organization yeah. just had a bunch of emails released. I don't mm -hmm. know if you listen to part of my take today, but like it sounds like this Sean Taylor tribute was just planned on like Wednesday of last week. Right. Like they just out of the blue were going to honor Sean Taylor, uh, their like franchise's most recognizable player, just kind of to cover up this email stuff. Like that team is in shambles. And I'm glad the Chiefs stopped screwing around in the first half. And in the second half, they kicked their ass. Yeah. Um, real quick on the football team, I I don't know why, dude. I really don't, but I kind of like that they're called the football team. <laughs> it's stupid. It's like it's like a weird quirk, but like it kind of works for them. Like they just kind of seem to be like a football team. Like there's no flash, no pomp. I do love Terry McLaurin. My God, if there's a way to get him on the Chiefs, Jesus. Well, he's a the Chiefs drafted Nicole in the same draft over McLaurin, DK Metcalf. I wish I hadn't known that, but um, yeah, and and McCole, I mean, not to be too negative on a on a winning day, but he stinks. I and it was my fault too. It was actually my fault to the, for the people here. I texted a group chat and I was like. You know what? I really haven't caught myself yelling McColl's name a lot this year. Fumble, fair catch on the five, and a whole list of other things. And all of a sudden, I look like a fucking idiot. But I mean, I'm so, as a special teams guy myself, I know what goes on in special teams meetings. There has never once been a time where Dave Tube has said, hey, we're going to fair catch it inside the 10. Fair catch it. It's fine if they down it on the five. That's just a good play. You live with that. But to fair catch is just such 
a straight up boner move by a punt returner. It's punt returner 101. You do you put your heels on the 10 and or whatever your coach says. And if the ball is behind that, you just let it go. It's such a simple concept. I cannot believe that he did that. Thank God the game really wasn't in jeopardy at that time, but that stuff is practiced obviously, or it's, or it's in games. So like, if he's going to do is he going to do it again? Is he going to do it in the playoffs? Like that stuff is the stuff that beats you, especially when you're a team that has to take advantage every time it has the ball because of the defense that we have. You can, I, I, I love our offense to death. It's one of the best, it's maybe the best offense in football, but 95 yards is tough to go. And it, I, I just, it really irked me that he did that. I just cannot believe that he did that. I don't know how you are a professional football player. Like you do this for a living and that is a mistake that you make. And I'm pretty sure he's made that mistake before. Ian Eagle, I'm pretty sure was calling the game. Um, and he even made a comment. He's like, and Hardman fair catches the ball inside the five. I'm not sure why. But yeah. Whatever. And then he took, it was just like ridiculous. Like even just like, the, like this guy who watches football for a living and calls football for a living. Like he, it's obvious McCole just like doesn't get it. And look, give him the benefit of the doubt. You have to look up into the sky and catch like a moving object way up there while 11 other guys are running right at you to knock your block. I get that. Okay. Well, you know what? Just get out of the way of the ball then. Like, just yeah. leave it. You know, the odds of the ball bouncing into the end zone are way higher than them downing it, I would say. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. And, and well, I just wanted to say, I've never returned punts before, but to your point, it's like, I, I think it is one of the most difficult things to do in all sports. So when you're in a situation, when you're in a situation like you are McColl and you're already starting out so deep in your own territory – I would argue it makes it easier to read where the ball's going. If it's going over your head, there isn't that much left of the field. Like there's only, you only have 10 yards to work with. So like if I'm back there and if I'm playing, if I was going to return the punt and I saw that ball, go, I would just give up like immediately. Like I'd sell it, but in my mind, I'd be like, Oh, I don't have to get hit here. It's like, he was like hoping to like have to avoid contact or something for whatever reason. I just don't understand. The way that the NFL sets up, you know, kickoff return and punt return with however many flags there are, how easy oh. it is for fair catch. Um, unless, like, if you're in a you know, in a position like the Chiefs where, where you're winning the game, it's a favorable position, you know, unless, this, unless the scenario is perfect, why would you even return it at all? You I know, don't know. Like, like, a lot of the times, like, when By Byron Pringle will return a kickoff in the end zone, like, why? You know, I've only seen you get past the 25 maybe like two or three times. Why are you even doing it? You know, I've only seen uh, McColl take a punt. Has he ever taken a punt to the house? Like maybe one. He's taking a kickoff return to the house. But what I'm getting at is like if the situation is not perfect, it's obvious the NFL is trying to like slowly phase out the kickoff and, the, and at least the kickoff return as, as opposed to the punt return. But just if it's not a perfect situation, just get out of the way. You know, and if, yeah. if you need to fair catch it higher up the or farther up the field, just do that. You know, unless you really need to need to make a play like it's losing, you need to create a spark. Dude, I'm just like the 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 cons vastly outweigh the pros in punt and kickoff return.
I have a feeling that you just hit something there that their their mottos have been like, look, we're not playing well on defense. Our offense is sort of struggling in a weird way. Like, let's try to make some sort of spark on special teams. And it's just flat out not working. You know, like, so I think, like, like I tweeted, like I tweeted it yesterday. I just didn't understand the philosophy. Like, I severely doubt Byron was told, take the ball out nine yards deep. But, like, you think about it and, like, well, was he? I mean, like, was he told to go no matter what? Because, like, I think even Ian Eagle commented on that one. They were like, or I think it might have been Charles Davis, his, his partner. He was like, because I think the, the very first offensive play, Byron caught like a 20-yard pass. And Charles Davis goes, hey, coach, I know I made a bad mistake on special teams, but look, I got all, I got all the yards back for you. And it was like, well, yeah, that really kind of makes sense. But like, I, I just, it, it's weird. And like the McColl thing as well, it just seems, I mean, like maybe he was told to fair catch it because that's just a bonehead play. It doesn't make any sense. And really what it comes down to is exactly what you said, Johnny. The 25 is fine. <laughs> just take it on the 25. It's no big deal. We can, right. 75 yards is nothing. But when you make it 80 85, 90, because you're being an idiot taking the ball out trying to make a play, it gets difficult for every offense in the NFL. Yep, you're so right. Uh, kind, of, kind of wrapping it up. There's one other thing. I'm going to say one not-so-positive thing, and I'm going to say one positive thing, and I'm good. So <laughs> not-so-positive, it's really frustrating that, you know, I was a big big Clyde guy like when they drafted him I'm just getting it's just ridiculous that Daryl Williams can come into this game really his first game as a starter um, and put up the performance that he did and he's a yeah. drafted free agent and the Chiefs decided to spend a first round draft pick on a running back you know I it's it's difficult to I don't like being the guy that like sides with analytics analytics piss me off but like I just in in that scenario, like I I get it right. Like the first round in the draft technically ends like after the fifteenth pick because there's not that many guys with first round grades. But technically, the first round goes through thirty two picks because you get that extra year on the contract. I I I get all of that. Look, Kareem Hunt was a third round pick. I'm pretty sure Jamal Charles was a third round pick. Like a lot of these running backs are later round guys, and there's value to that. You know, the, did you know this? The Chiefs took Clyde ahead of, in the first round. They could have taken Trevon Diggs, who's got seven interceptions. Lead, you know, he's leading the charge as a potent, you know, as defensive player of the year, in my opinion. You know, Stephon Gilmore in 2019 won defensive player of the year for the Patriots. He only had six interceptions. When Charles Woodson won it, he only had, he had nine. And this guy's got seven through six games. Yeah. So uh, it's just like, I know it's I know that Brett Veach's job as general manager is difficult. There are just there are some questions that I'm having. Like there are some decisions that he is making that are mounting up personnel wise and it's and it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, so that's my negative one. I want it to get better. I want all the players to do well. Let's hope that happens. My positive one is that I am just infatuated 
watching Patrick Mahomes play badass football. And it, like I said earlier, it I was like a kid on Christmas watching him get back to some of his normal stuff. It pisses me off to no end when he does, you know, if he is not Superman, how the media just runs with garbage takes trying to put other people in the same category of quarterback as Patrick Mahomes when there ain't nobody else talent-wise in the league that's as good as him. And just to see Patrick Mahomes come out and kick ass made me really happy, and I hope the momentum builds. It's obvious at halftime that his teammates told him, keep being you. We got your back. Because he, he doesn't dwell over the previous play. He makes a terrible interception, and he comes back the next play, and he's going to do the same kind of contorted throws. He did a jump throw, uh, nearly a 10-yard shovel pass. Like, this guy is the most talented quarterback in football for a reason. And he's going to continue that through the rest of the year, and the team is going to fix this turnover bug that's plaguing the team, and it's only going to get better from here. Let's manifest this positivity, and let's get these Chiefs back into the playoffs and back to the Super Bowl. Come on. I'll start there. Um, I've had my Mahomes rant. Now Johnny Rose had his Figure It Out podcast Mahomes rant. And I've loved both. Um, and then to allude quickly to your negative comment, I'm going to positive spin zone it and just say, Daryl Williams, way to be a pro's pro, dude. I mean, you talk about a guy that's just been on the Chiefs for what seems like 15 years. And every year, it's some guys in front of him. Like, you know, just a little bit better. Like, he's not going to play that much. Has consistently just stayed ready, stayed consistent. And then a day like yesterday pays off. And you look and you're like, man, Clyde, dude, I, I mean, what are you doing? Because, like, he's doing the same thing in the same offense 20 times better. But shout out Daryl Williams. Johnny, what an episode tonight. The Chiefs win 31-13 in our nation's capital, technically Annapolis, but eh, what it is, it is what it is. Um, unbelievable performance by the team in the second half. Looking ahead next week to Tennessee, people watch them tonight. You'll hear this tomorrow, but hopefully you watch them tonight. Um, go Titans, really, I mean, in terms of the playoffs, but hoping for a good game. Uh, Johnny, we will uh, see you next week, buddy. Thanks for stopping by. Of course, Jan. Had some fun. We're out. <laughs>